Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Achieve Your Best. My name is Eileen Yeves, and I'm a life and leadership coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, a consulting firm that helps women to develop the confidence and leadership skills that they need to achieve their best in every area of their lives. To learn more about me and the programs that I offer, you can check out my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll receive seven leadership strategies for success in life and business. Welcome to our show today. And uh, as a life and leadership coach, it's my goal to help you get ahead not only in your professional life, but to help you become a leader, an influential leader uh, at home, in your relationships, and in your community. And today I'm hosting the second of a three-part series on relationships. If you tuned in last week, you know that we had a great discussion on strategies for a successful marriage, and today we're talking about strategies for successful friendships. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about identifying and addressing toxic relationships that can keep you down, so stay tuned. So as I mentioned, the title of our program today is Successful uh, Strategies for Successful Friendships, and our guest is Susie Williamson. Susie uh, is a great friend. I'm honored to have her on the show today. She serves as associate pastor on the staff of Valley Christian Church in Hopewell Junction, New York. She's been in ministry with her husband, who's the lead pastor, for over 19 years. Her passion is seeing women grow up into their full potential in God, and she loves to encourage and believe in women challenging them to risk being authentic channels of God's love. She's a graduate of Liberty Christian College in Pensacola, Florida, and she holds a degree from Christian Life School of Theology from Columbus, Georgia. And uh, Susie, it's a great honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Ellie. Thanks for having me. So, Susie, I wanted to have a, a show on, on friendships in particular because, uh, as you know, I'm a coach, and I, when I coach women, this seems to be an area of difficulty for them. They seem to find a lot of challenges in relating with other women and just really connecting and having strong friendships with other women. So can you um, share a little bit of your wisdom when it comes to friendships and women? Well, I think there's a lot of factors that kind of prohibit women from having um, friendships and make it a struggle. I think the big thing is we're all so busy, you know, between our families and careers and just everything else on our plates, you know, it's, I think it's really just making time and making it a priority to invest in friendships. Um, So I think our busyness is one, you know, and making the time for that. Um, I think just realizing that friendship really is just a gift, really, from God that we'd have. Just having those girlfriends with us on the journey of life to experience our highs and our lows and to be there cheering in our corner. And, and, um, you know, so I think besides just making time for them, it's, you know, it's our expectations that we have of our friends as well, you know, and if we're expecting them to be everything for us, um, a lot of times we can get ourselves disappointed. And um, so so I think just, you know, busyness, our expectations, and, you know, I think as women we're so many times, um, we have our issues, you know, we, we compare ourselves to each other and size each other up and, you know, there's so many things that we make either we feel superior when we compare or we feel inferior, you know, and depending on that person that we're comparing ourselves to, you know, we could prohibit a potential friendship there, 
you know. So I think those are all kind of factors that kind of play into, you know, uh, hindrances to us actually having friendships with other girlfriends. And I think women also have, like, things that are unique to them, right? Things like maybe, um, you know, mood swings and things of that sort. What kind of a role does that play in how we build relationships with other women? Well, I think the whole our whole emotional makeup is a big factor for us ladies. And, you know, I remember when I was in college, I had a friend say to me, you know, Susie, every time I'm around you, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. You know, and it really got my attention because I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want, you know, people to feel that way around me, much less people who I want as my friends, you know. But I think so many times with just all of our emotional makeup that we can just, people don't know how to take us, how we're going to be one day you know, from one day to the next. And, you know, from that time in college, it's kind of been my prayer that God just make me a stable person emotionally, you know, so that I'm not up one, up and down, up and down, you know, that I'm able to be that stable friend um, and so that people aren't feeling like they're walking on eggshells being around me. So so I think our emotional makeup, makeup has a lot to do with it, truly. So. Yeah, and I remember reading a book once, uh, I think it was entitled The Disciplined Life, and it was a Christian book. And it was just about, you know, having discipline in different areas of your life. And it actually mentioned uh, having a disciplined mood. And it talked about how it's difficult for other people to relate to you or want to be near you if there's an inconsistency in the way you behave and the way you approach them every time they come to you. If one day you're happy and you're friendly, and then the next day you don't want to talk to anybody because you're on on some other planet, you know, that right. that really causes a, a riff in relationships and can make you a hard person to relate to. So the author was encouraging, you know, his readers to consider not only discipline in your work life, but also in your personal life as you relate to other people in relationships. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. Absolutely. I was actually doing a series with our ladies on managing your moods before they manage you, you know, because they can just take over our lives if we're not careful, you know, and so each one we kind of break down, you know, anger or stress or, you know, PMSing and just kind of look at each of the moods and say, you know what, what is it, first, what is it, what is anger, and then behind every mood is a lie, you know, like with anger, it's I have a right to get angry or PMSing, I have a right to act like a shrew once a month, you know, whatever, whatever the lie is, it gives us permission to act that way. Um, and then we'd look at God's Word and what God's Word has to say about those different types of moods, you know, and, and really just kind of replacing that truth in our, that we were believing and giving ourselves permission um, to act out of and replacing it with God's truth and, and really letting that be that power that allows us to really change in those areas. And, you know, sharing with my ladies, you know, I, I struggled with anger as a mom, you know, and if you give yourself allowances for that, then... You know, you're never going to change, but realizing that, you know what, so many times we do believe a lie and take license, you know, but it's just looking at each of those different areas of our lives um, and realizing, you know what, it's not always going to be like this. I can change, and with God I can make a difference and truly be that stable friend that um, my friends desire me to be, but also, you know, being that person that God wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And you have a great women's ministry that's very active. Can you tell me about your women's ministry and what's 
kind of like the uh, crust behind it that keeps it together? Sure. Um, our overarching name, would we call Girlfriends Unlimited, we're part of a network, and um, our theme for our ministry is Changing Hearts, Changing Lives, One Girlfriend at a Time. And we have different venues that we offer. Uh, we usually meet the first, you know, second Wednesday every month is our, our women's slot, and we try to do a variety of these things that on that slot. We'll either do like a big event, we call them G events, and we do them twice a year. We've done roundups, we're getting ready to do a masquerade ball, we've done a luau, and that's really just the outreach where we can invite our friends to come and, you know, experience being in church in a very fun, um, upbeat environment. Um, so we do those twice a year. Um, and then we have Real Women, which is more of a teaching time, or like we have been doing the Managing Human Root series, um, that particular, well, actually the last couple of years we've been working on that one. Um, and then we also have um, bridge groups, which are our girlfriend groups. And those are things from being, you know, sassy scrapper, cuisine queens, you know, cooking ones, and just different kind of hobby interest groups. And just really feeling like it's important for the ladies to connect, not just in a big group, but also in these small groups to kind of get to know each other. Um, and then we also have heart-to-heart groups. And those are groups, those are like our coaching groups, mentoring coaching groups, and where the ladies can get into smaller groups and a little more accountability, kind of open your life up to a group of women. And we've had those book directed, they've been different lessons directed, and, and they meet once a month, and each one of those has an outreach that they do together. And so depending, if you want to just, as we call it Main Street, if you want to just come in general and take part in a, in a large group, you can do that. If you want to go a little deeper, you can take one of our bridge groups and trying those out. And then if you really want to connect and open your heart up and life up with a small group of people, we have highway groups, which is a heart-to-heart group. So, um, But all in all, we have a great time. That's our goal, to have fun and, and at the same time let people see Christ in our lives uh, making a difference. And tell me why it's so important, in particularly in your really in your church, to build those kinds of friendships and create these kind of atmospheres so that people can bond and relate to each other. Well, I think it's important to have. You know, we've always been big on um, Christ-centered relationships at our church, and I think relationships are so important to to walk this Christian walk together. And um, and I think you know being able to be there for each other and one of the things that we that we stress I do it consistently with the women and I know my husband does as well is just being authentic in relationships you know so many times we would like to appear that we have it all together you know whether it be in our job or in our marriages or you know as parents I like to have that nice you know polished look to our lives but um but really it's it's when we're really authentic with each other and being able to say you know what, if you look a little closer, you realize I'm not perfect, you know, and for me, I'm an overcoming perfectionist, that's in my history, and, you know, and realize, you know, people really connect with people who are real and genuine, you know, when when they see this polished, perfect thing, they don't relate to that, because that's not their lives, you know, but it's when we let down our guard, and we let people see who we are, and the things that we struggle with, you know, it gives them hope that God can do the same for them, you know, and at the same time realize, you know what, we, we all have disappointments in life. We all have failures and different heartaches, you know, and when we risk enough to be able to open our lives up to each other and to share those, which a lot of that happens in those smaller groups, you know, so listen, this is what I'm struggling with, you know, and it really, I mean, talk about friendships, you know, it really deepens the bonds of friendship when we're able to be genuine and to be real with each other, you know, so you realize, you know, when you do that, that, you know, you're not the only mom who deals with guilt or you're not the only woman, you know, who 
you know, struggles with being isolated or alone, you know, and um, so it's just so important. So if you had some advice to share with our listeners, maybe two or three strategies to help them build uh, more genuine and more authentic friendships, what would that be? Well, I would say first and foremost would just be that, being transparent and just being and being real with one another because that's what allows that's what really allows you to to connect and to really have that heart connection is to be able to see each other's weaknesses and not just the strengths. Um, so I definitely, you know, think that would definitely be one, just being authentic and being true. Um, I think another one about developing friendships is just being watching our expectations that we have, you know, of others. You know, it's, you know, we can be so, we can so wish that our friends would be everything to us, and we put all our eggs in, either eggs in one basket, or we allow, we expect them to meet all of our needs. You know, or she didn't call me on my birthday, or she wasn't there for me when I was sick, or, or whatever it is. You know, but it's, you know, I, I like to think of First Corinthians thirteen. You know, that talks about you know, believing the best, you know, and 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 bearing all things and, and just really having that that love attitude. You know, we hear it so much in a marriage ceremony, but it certainly applies in friendships, you know, where he hopes all things, believes all things, um and, and endures all things and that's, you know, just so important when it comes to friendships and I think one of the advice I have three daughters, uh fourteen, twelve and ten and um, one of the things I encourage them to do is to have a bouquet of friendships, you know, that they should have some that, you know, we all should have for some that are the tried and true. You know, they've been been with us through, you know, the thick and the thin, you know. We should have those golden friendships. But at the same time, having those that, you you know, that you're just getting to know. Or maybe there's some that, you know, you relate with as wives, but the husbands don't really connect. And then you have those gems of friendships where the husband and wife connect, you know, which is very nice. And, you know, and just to have a bouquet of all those types of relationships so that you're kind of spreading them out amongst people and really enjoying a variety of friendships that way. And I always tease my girls and say, you know what, God will never leave you friendless. You know, mm-hmm. if a friend moves away or, you know, if there's a little cattiness going on, you know, just give them space and, and just enjoy one of the other flowers in your bouquet. You know, it doesn't have to be all your eggs in one basket. And, you know, so I think it's so important that we that we work on those friendship bouquets that we have. Yeah. I know in my old age and uh, learning over the years uh, with regard to friendships, I think one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, friendships need to be nurtured. Yes. And I think that over time, especially, you know, when you're a young woman and maybe you're trying to get ahead in your career or you get really caught up in your marriage, sometimes we forget to nurture those relationships in our lives. And then when we finally do need a friend, we start looking around and we can't find anybody or maybe there's been a disconnect because we haven't shared with someone in a long time and maybe that person's moved on to other things in their life and maybe we're not as close or you don't have that kind of bond anymore. Yeah. So I've learned to definitely yeah. nurture relationships as time has gone on. And I think a second thing that I've learned is just to uh, keep boundaries up in friendships too. Mm, yes. I think sometimes, uh, especially when you get married or maybe you have single friends and now you're married and, you know, some of the things that you share, maybe they don't understand or maybe they don't have the same perspective or you might be seeding a, uh, uh, planting a seed against your spouse and that friend's heart and mind because they're not in a marriage relationship so they don't understand necessarily about forgiveness. Right, right. <laughs> some of the things that you share in a married relationship. So I think that's another another little tip that I've learned over the years about friendship. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Those, the having boundaries are definitely very important in relationships, and it kind of helps you navigate them as you go through the seasons of friendships. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So, Susie, I also want to talk to you about a program that you have at your church called Marriage Matters. Because uh, last week we were talking about successful strategies uh, in marriage, so I just wanted to ask you about that program and if you could uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like. Sure. We actually kind of, funny enough, we stumbled onto something. <laughs> we were just going to do like a one-time couples thing, and the response that we had was so overwhelming. We were all just like flabbergasted. I mean, the leadership team was kind of looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, that people just kept coming. The couples just kept coming. We were like, oh, my goodness, we're definitely scratching an itch here with what people really feel like they need and help in this area. And so I kind of developed a program that we call Marriage Matters at our church, um, and we meet once a quarter. We call them the Big E. We actually just had one big Valentine's thing this past, like actually this past weekend. Um, we have a Big E where usually there's like a teaching that we do um, um, on certain topics, and there's six topics really that we cover, and we just kind of keep going over those same basic six six things, and it's trusting God, hurrying home, cultivating communication, nurturing romance, celebrating differences and finishing together. And those are the six things that we just kind of drill in um, as we go through the years. Um, and so we have, like, the first quarter we'll have the big E, and we'll touch on one of those topics. Um, and then it's open like a bridge group, so whoever would like to come can come to those. But then you also have a choice as a couple. You can just do those once a quarter, or you can be part of one of our highway groups, um, in which case you'll join one of the groups, and you'll meet the second month of the quarter, and you'll discuss some of those questions that – came up and um, from the lesson from the month before. And then the third month you get together, and, and it's a, totally a social thing, just time to get to know other couples. And you know, these are the same couples you've been praying with for things, you know, throughout the year. And, you know, and the beauty of it is that you get to journey with a group of people, and it's all kind of focused on marriage issues. Um, and you hear the same things, you're working on the same things in your marriage, and it's the couples that you kind of get to know over that year. And, you're, you know, they're lifting each other up in the hard times and the good times and, and it's really been actually, I think all of us enjoy those who are leading the groups and those who are coming have really en- enjoyed it. And it's been a great, a great ministry here at the church for us. And so, you, you and touched I, on this a little bit, but can you tell me a little bit more about how friendships are important when you're in a marriage relationship? I think, yeah, I think friendships are very important. And I think, you know, when it comes to just, like I talked about before, just being open and vulnerable, and I think so many times we can be isolated as a person, and we can also be isolated as a couple. And I remember one comes to mind, this one woman that I was talking with one time, and she was just so overwhelmed. Her husband was struggling with some lust issues, and, you know, she was believing the fact that they were the only couple in the world that ever dealt with that. You know, and, you know, being a pastor who does counseling, things like that, I'm thinking, oh, no, no, this is very common. <laughs> you know, but for her in her world, she felt very alone and just a lot of shame that was there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was able to explain to her, you know what, there are things that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, so many of us are experiencing the same thing, and it's so important for us to be able to build those relationships and and be able to encourage each other and stand by each other, you know, as you walk through a year together and as you're opening your life up and, and realizing, you know what, we all want the same thing. We all want our marriages to grow and to be all that God wants them to be, you know. And that's one of the things we were challenging our folks even back in November when we were talking about finishing together. You know, we came across this staggering, you know, divorce rate that says, you know, people over 60, the divorce rate is 33%. 
and it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, you think at some point you don't have to keep working on your marriage, but you really do because, you know, the enemy would like nothing more than to dissolve our marriages and just for the divorce rate to be so skyrocketed, but realizing, you know what, God has such a bigger plan, and if we really want to do it his way, it is investing. It's investing in the early years, it's investing in the middle years, it's investing in the golden years. We can never stop, you know, working on our marriages. And I think having couples with those same goals in mind that you surround yourself with and that you socialize with is so important because they, they make up that support team for you. Mm-hmm. I think one of the themes that definitely has come through as you've been speaking to me is that self-disclosure is important in a relationship. Yes. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by that. And just like, as you mentioned before, I think everybody wants to come across as if everything is going perfectly in their lives. They have great marriages. They have great jobs. Everything's great. But the reality is that you have to be able to self-disclose and take that risk. Yeah. So friendship is, is full of risk. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Ellie, when you talk about self-disclosure, I found that even in the counseling room when you're speaking with somebody, you know, whatever their issue is, you always can relate to something that they're saying, and you share your story and how God was there for you and your situation, you know, to, to provide them hope, you know, um, and it works there, it works in our friendships, and it's just that able to be real with other people that allows them to open their hearts up, and, and you know, that's when you look in each other's eyes and you realize, you know what, we have this bond because we are able to share at that level. And But it does. It, it is risky because you're opening your heart up, you know, but um, but it's always worth the risk. And that's what I tell the ladies. You know, it's worth the risk. It's worth the, worth the risk of being vulnerable because of just the depth of closeness that you can share with other people. Mm-hmm. And just the way that relationships and friendships can have positive impacts in our lives, we can also have friendships that impact our our lives negatively. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for people who may have um, toxic friends in their lives? People who have toxic friends in their lives. Well, I think it's important to to look at your friendships and make sure you have those that you're, you're really allowing yourself to be intimate with, those who are rowing in the same direction. You know, and that's not to say, that, you know, to write off all your toxic friends, but you definitely, but you definitely want to, you know, be able to limit your impact with them and limit your time with them. And, you know, they might be a friend, but they don't necessarily have to be your, your, your bosom friend, as I tell my girls, you know, um, and just being able, I've talked about before, just being able to have those boundaries, you know, where you say, you know what, we'll go out for lunch, but, you know, as far as uh, me really just hanging and really opening my heart, up to them, I'm just, you know, I'm going to guard my heart a little bit. And I think that's, you know, that's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's a, that's a good point. I think most of the time, and I'm going to have a, a show next week about how to manage toxic relationships, but that sometimes uh, I think limiting your exposure to that person is, is, is a good thing. Yeah. Especially if that person is negative, uh, impacting your life in a negative way. But that sometimes uh, it's a good opportunity if we're particularly strong, especially if we're strong and we're really grounded in our faith, uh, to try to influence our toxic friends. Yeah. I think that's the kind of the the tightrope that you walk is you have to be careful on who's influencing you. 
you know, and I think it's important to be out there and to be an influence to your friends. But when you find that they're the way that they view their husband or whether it's, you know, husband bashing or hating being a mom or, you know, any of those things that, you know, you kind of be around sometimes as women and, and they get going on starting on things like that, you realize, you know what, I need to be sure that I'm the one influencing and that I don't leave with some of their attitudes and their chips on their shoulders that I start caring because I'm around them, you know. So it's almost like you have to go into the meeting or the outing with them or the lunch, you know, with your game on, you know, to be that to be that influence and to be the salt and light, really, that God calls us to be, you right. know, to really be that for them. Right. So can you tell me a little bit about your church and if anyone's interested in visiting your church or maybe getting involved in a bridge group, how can they get involved? Sure. We're a Valley Christian Church. We're in Hopewell Junction, New York, and our services are at 9 and 11, and any of our bridge groups, we usually send out every quarter a different booklet of all the different bridge groups that we have for men, for women, for couples, um, different hobby groups. And they're open for anyone to sign up and, and be a part. And we have the booklets online at valleychristianchurch.net. We have a website that kind of shows us shows you who our team is and where we're located and the things that we believe and all those things. So, yes, I definitely encourage everybody to check us out at valleychristianchurch.net, and we'd love for you to come visit. Great. And um, can you just tell me a little bit about you and your husband and how you met and how you founded Valley? Yeah, sure. We I actually met Greg in college. Um, I was a year ahead of him in college, and um, we graduated the same year. And Greg's father actually founded the church up here in Hopewell, he uh, worked for Georgia Pacific and was, had a Bible study in his home. And there were a couple in the neighborhood, and they combined into one Bible study. And um, and then it ended up evolving into the, the start of a new church. And so um, his father pastored for 18 years. And upon graduation, the elders called and asked Greg if he'd be willing to come up and be the associate pastor with his father. And so we prayed about that, you know, working with family has its different issues and things that go around along with that um but we did and we were thrilled that we did we actually worked with greg and his parents up here for probably about two and a half years um and interesting one morning we were going out for breakfast together and greg's parents said to us that they felt like god individually spoke to them and and just said you know what what we felt like god has called us to new york to do we've done we feel like he's moving us on so we were a little panicked at that, <laughs> so we're thinking, well, we thought we need to belong here to whatever the capacity is, and um, the elders actually asked Greg to step in as, as a senior pastor, and which was pretty wild because he was 25, and uh, at the time we were probably the youngest in the church, it was a very unique dynamic, um, and so we just kind of transitioned over the years, um, and so we've been here for about 19 years now, and um, and the, the interesting thing, my his whole family was up here when when we moved up here initially. Now they have all gone south, and my family has now moved up. And I have my father, who's our care pastor, and he's over our seniors ministry. And uh, my brother-in-law and sister Janet and Richard Moore, we went to school with them in Pensacola at Liberty Christian College as well. And they're joining us here. She's our administrator, and Pastor Richard is one of the pastors on staff over the men, and Greg's right hand. And so, so yes, yeah, so it's kind of it's been a nice, uh, they've been for about 13 years, so it's been a nice family thing to do together, and we just consider ourselves so blessed to be able to have the opportunity to, to work to, and play together and do church together. So, 
That's great. And I know that you have a, a podcast, right? You also um, post your services online in case there's someone that doesn't live in New York that might be interested in listening to some of the sermons. Yes, we do have a podcast, and um, they go up usually by Sunday afternoon. Um, people can go online and um, go onto iTunes and download those. So, so yes. And can you tell us what your webpage is again? Our webpage is valleychristianchurch.net. Great, great. And um, can you tell me when the next uh, women's event is? Our next women's event will be in March. And let's see, the second Wednesday in March. That would be March the 11th. And we'll be having a real women's meeting. And we'll be discussing certain topics. And um, so, yeah, if you're in the area and would love to come, we'd love to have you for sure. Great. Susie, thank you so much for, uh, you know, allowing me to interview you. It's been a, a real pleasure, and it's been great to have my listeners uh, share in your wisdom regarding friendships and relationships. And I hope that maybe sometime uh, in the future you'll be able to join us again. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. I feel so honored that you'd ask, Allie. So thank, thank you so much. Thanks. And for all our listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And I invite you to join us next week for the third of our three-part series on relationship success. Our guest will be Valerie Parker, who's the founder of uh, From the Soul of a Woman, and she's going to be talking to us about how to identify uh, toxic relationships in your life and how to deal with them. Uh, So I encourage you to check out my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com for our latest schedule of upcoming events and show topics. And while you're there, uh, don't hesitate to sign up for my newsletter read my blog, or even connect with me on Facebook, and let me know what you thought about our show today. So until next time, thank you for tuning in, and God bless.